You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friend, Corey, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. And now... Hey, Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. Again? Nothing up must leave. Crystal! No doubt about it. I gotta get another hat. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. Okay, listeners, welcome. You are tuned in to Nostalgic Freedom and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. And we are coming live. Yes, live, ladies and gentlemen, from SEMA, Las Vegas, Nevada. We're at the convention center for SEMA 2019, and i got to tell you guys, uh, you know, every year I'm just totally amazed uh, with uh, the cars, the, 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 the level of the products that are here, the, the innovation that's here, the weather. Um, it is just incredible here. I mean, Las Vegas this time of year is perfect. Tommy, how are we doing this evening? I'm doing great, Robert. How's it going out there? Pretty good, pretty good. Well, you know, we're live and we're remote, and I'm sitting in a little itty-bitty room up here in the upstairs, uh, the convention center, so that I can uh, kind of hear myself think. But we got a pretty good show for you this evening. we got uh, some interesting guests coming on. And since we're at SEMA, a lot of times what I do, and we've been doing this for years now, is we do kind of like a products, product showcase. So, you know, a lot of my listeners out there are car hobbyists, and, you know, they work on their own cars and tinker with their own cars and build their own cars just like I do. So, you know, you obviously want to know what's going on, you know, and you can pick up a magazine, you can go to the Internet. And uh, so, you know, just tons of stuff. But here, you know, it's the real deal. You've got a 2 million square foot convention center. You've got 2,900 to 3,000 vendors. You've got over 300,000 people that wander through here. Now, SEMA is B2B which means it's business to business, which means you have to be in the industry either as an exhibitor, a buyer, or in my case, you know, just a humble little uh, radio show host, and you come in with uh, media status. But other than that, I mean, it's just, it's all serious car people, uh, men, women, guys, gals, uh, you know, even uh, some uh, on the outside, you know, if you're under 18, you can wander around. Other than that, I think you have to be 18 to come in here. But nonetheless, it's uh, you name it. If you're, if you're in the Holly Carburetors, they're here. If you're in the Hooker Headers, you're here. If you're in the Pony Shocks, they're here. If you're into uh, Odyssey Batteries, they're here. If you're in the TMI uh, uh, upholstery, they're here. If you're in the Dakota Digital Gauges, they're here. If you're in the Coker Tires, they're here. Uh, if you're BSF Paints, if you're in the Lincoln Welders, ASAP, ESAP Welders, uh, Alignment Equipment, Hunter, uh, you name it, they are all, everybody and anybody is here. Pirelli Tires, you name it. Um, SEMA is, stands for Special Equipment Marketing Association. And uh, I, it started back in the late 50s and really got going like in the early 60s. And ultimately, it was basically just an automotive trade show. It started in Los Angeles. And then uh, over the years, it just grew and grew and grew and grew. And I've been coming here on and off for 20 years. So I've seen just some amazing stuff. And, you know, this morning, for example, they had the product showcase uh, breakfast. And uh, they hand out the awards for, you know, some of the most innovative products that are uh, now on the market. And it could be electronics. It could be turbochargers. It could be tires. It could be wheels. It could be brakes. It could be engine components. It could be exhaust. It could be anything. You name it, it's, you know, it's there. Upstairs, in this, they, there's four halls. There's North Hall, Central Hall, which is where everybody is, which is where I'm at right now, except I'm upstairs kind of 
sequestered away in a little uh, uh, convention cubicle, so to speak. And um, But then there's South Hall, and then there's upstairs South Hall. And in the middle there, um, above South Hall, is New Product Showcase. And some of the stuff that they come up with is just absolutely incredible. And what's interesting is some of the stuff is really unique to the point that the OEMs, like there's a big Ford exhibit here, Ford's here, Chrysler's here, General Motors is here, that the OEMs take cues from some of the stuff and then ultimately incorporate some of the stuff into their production cars. You know, it's like racing. Racing is basically a test bed for products. And once something gets refined and works, uh, very often it filters its way into production cars. That's why we got such cool cars today. So, but anyway, we've got a couple of guests coming on in a little bit here, and they're going to be talking about some of the products that they manufacture and that they represent. Jay Leno was the uh, one of the guest speakers today at this morning's breakfast, and he could not put enough emphasis on made in America. And a greater percentage of the products that are here you know, there's some global manufacturers and there's some local manufacturers and there's some mom and pop manufacturers. And you would be amazed at the percentage of products that are manufactured right here in good old America. You know, we've got foundries, we've got manufacturing facilities, we've got shops. Uh, it's just incredible. Yes, I was seminars. There's tons and tons of seminars. Yesterday I went to one on 3D um, printing, three-dimensional printing. That's right. You know, making car components. You know, a lot of it's prototyping. Um, some of it's just uh, reproducing parts that you can't get anymore. Something if you have a 1905 car or if you got a 1965 car, it was a limited production car, and you need a taillight lens, for example. 3D printing can make you that taillight lens. Uh, very often they can actually scan from a drawing and then create a part. And then you work on that a little bit more. And if you're really good with CAD, which is computer-aided drawing and software, you can hone it in and fine-tune it and actually replicate the part that you need. And uh, so 3D dimensional drawing is going to be a kind of a wave of the future, and it's a way for small builders to, uh, um, you know, uh, facilitate uh, their, their goals with some of the real creative stuff. I talked to uh, Steve Strope. He's here. Troy Trepeña is here. Chip Foose is here. All the greatest builders are here. And this, what's amazing about this is that every year, you know, guys like Dave Kindig, the bar, to uh, the level of, of hot, cool cars that they build, the bar is raised every year. You come out here, you know, the cars that you saw a few years ago, they're nothing compared to what they're building today. And uh, it's just absolutely incredible because the cars are, are just stunning. I was talking to, to uh, Steve Strobe. Steve Strobe bought a 73 Challenger here. Very, very clean. Production Hemi, you know, Detroit Speed Suspension underneath it. You know, gear vendor overdrive, you know, a lot of the really, really, really cool stuff. But the car's stock looking. But it's got, you know, 20-inch wheels on it. They're lowered. They're billet. It's cool. Very, very nicely done. Uh, if you go to my Facebook page, please go to Facebook page, Gulfstream Motorsports and Nostalgic Radio Cars. I've been posting a lot of pictures on it. Chip Foose came out here, and he foosed up an E-type Jag. And it looked like it started out as a long wheelbase roadster, 12-cylinder, like a 73, 74. Absolutely incredible build. I mean, just just way over the top. So uh, it's it's pretty cool. Hey, uh, Tommy, you still there? No. Oh, you left? Okay, I wasn't sure if anybody was running <laughs> yes, the studio I'm or not. Driving, driving the studio. Why don't you go ahead and try to get one of our guests on and uh, let me know who it is, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll introduce the guest to uh, our listeners, and we'll talk about some of the stuff that's going on here at SEMA. SEMA takes place the first week in November or the last week in October of every year, but usually it's the first week in November. It starts on a Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Friday is the last day. They've started in the last couple of years of uh, opening SEMA up to the public around noon, and then almost in the evening, like 5 o'clock, all the really, really, really truck cars parade out of here, and then they go down the street, and they have a big, exciting uh, uh, send-off festival, so to speak, if you will, and it's called SEMA Ignited. Um, tomorrow at the racetrack is uh, the Optimum Challenge. Actually, the week before SEMA is the NHRA, NHRA Nationals. Um, the last drag race of the year is here in Las Vegas, at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. So when that's over with, all those guys come over here to SEMA. Who do we have on the line? Jacob. Jacob. Hey, I want to introduce my friend Jacob. I just met Jacob a few minutes ago. He's with a company called... TMI, they make upholstery. You've probably seen their ads before in some of the publications. He's the uh, one of the top sales representatives. Jacob, how you doing? Welcome to Nostalgic Radio on Cars. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. 
Uh, really, it's been a pleasure, and it was certainly a pleasure talking to you there. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, and then let's talk a little bit about TMI. All righty. Um, I've been with the company for about seven months now. I started at a smaller automotive parts place, Brothers Trucks. I've been building cars since I was a kid. Bought a classic Volkswagen. That was definitely my thing for a long time. Starting to slowly get into Chevys. Other than that, it's been a pleasure working it's for TMI. They've opened a bunch of doors that I wouldn't have had otherwise. So what is, tell us who TMI, TMI is. Now, I know who it is. You know who it is. But let's tell our listeners who TMI is. Absolutely. TMI is a small company that was founded by four brothers about 36 years ago in their father's garage. They started making Volkswagen bug door panels for themselves and their buddies. And then slowly but surely, they started going out to places like Pomona Swap Meet out in California, seeing what kind of take people would have on the panels. Turns out they ended up being a huge success. So later down the road, they ended up founding TMI, started mass producing Volkswagen interior components. And then from there, we started branching off. Next, we got into Mustangs, Camaros, Chevelles. And then as of late, we've started getting into the Chevy C10 market. Everyone knows that's been a very popular market lately. And then last year, we were proud to announce that we're now doing Bel Airs as well as the Chevy Nova. Interesting. Now, what does TMI stand for? It is um, Tucinardi Manufacturing Incorporated. Okay, so is that the last name of the the brothers that started it? Yes, Tucinardi is the last name of the four brothers that started the business. Okay. Now, do they? Uh, do you make stuff that's pretty much like stock? If I want to restore my start my car stock, and then you can kind of do some custom stuff too, right? I do both. Yes, for the Chevelles, the Camaros, and the Mustangs and the Volkswagens, I am doing both OEM and sport. And then for the C10s, the Bel Airs, and the Novas, right now it's solely going to be full replacement sport interiors. Okay. Now, what sets your company apart from some of the other, like there's uh, uh, Talk or Knock, however, which way you pronounce it, out, they're out there. But tell us a little bit about uh, your product compared to some of the other manufacturers out there. What sets you apart? What makes you really, really unique? The biggest things that will set us apart from anyone else out on the interior market is going to be, A, we are made in America. We're made... Everything is made locally at our shop in Corona, California. It has been since we opened our doors. Also, we are dealing in some of the more high-quality materials. So we have our hands on some of the best automotive vinyls and leathers, and we are the only company who actually owns any kind of licensing for the Ford Mustang product. Oh, really? Okay. Now, do you supply to, let's say, National Parts Depot, Mustang Unlimited, or anybody like that? I do, yes. We are a manufacturer first and foremost. We do also sell to the public, but I am a supplier for many big names that you'd recognize. CJ Pony Parts, National Parts Depot. If we're looking at the C10 market, which I know know a lot of your viewers are probably a huge fan of, we do carry for Summit, LMC, as well as a small shop out of California known as Brothers Truck. Okay, all right. Now, do you make just the upholstery, or do you actually make seats, too? I mean, if I, what all can I buy? I mean, give us a little bit of uh, background, kind of like on your product line. I do both. We do the upholstery for OEM on both Chevelle, Camaro, Mustang, and Volkswagen, but I'm also making full replacement sport interiors. So I make door panels, dash pads, headliners. I make carpet kits, floor mats, trunk kits, as well as full replacement front and rear seats for most of your classic muscle cars and or just in general classic cruising vehicles. Okay, cool. Now, if I want something custom done that that you don't normally, it's like, you know, not in your, your catalog, can I order something special as well? It does depend on what the request is. I do take a lot of custom stuff day to day. A lot of it's built on our factory patterns. We have our specific sport patterns that we'll build around that are all cut through a machine. We plug in what pattern we're cutting, for example, our Sport R pattern. The gentleman plugging everything into the machine will let them know I'm cutting a Sport R seat. The machine will go through and cut out exactly what materials are needed for the Sport R, and then from there we send it through to the facility to get sewn and then attached to a frame and a front. 
But if okay. you're looking for, say, a sports seat, but you want to do a houndstooth interior, uh, insert, or even a plaid insert, or just a simple two-tone color, I do offer that as well. Okay, so let's just say I have uh, a '69 Mustang and I want to set up uh, something similar, fact, you know, like my factory high-back bucket seats, but I don't really want the pleated comfort weave. I'd really like to have a set of running ponies in my my pattern, and which was like standard in '65, '66 pony interiors. Could you do something like that? I can, yes, sir. That's actually a big request we get day to day. Oh, no kidding. Okay, all right, all right. Um, of your interiors. Let's just say uh, on a standard 65, 66 Mustang, 67, 68, the majority of the requests you get, I mean, are people wanting to put um, uh, upgrade to, you know, from standard to like the uh, deluxe interiors? Is that kind of like your biggest seller? I do get a lot of deluxe. A lot of people do speak after doing the comfort weave. I've gotten a lot of Mm -hmm. pony requests lately as well, a lot of different two-tones. So you have a big, a big seller has always been the, the white and blue two-tone pony that you see common throughout the year. A lot uh-huh. of people have been requesting just certain color combinations that are kind of outside the box, which is definitely a cool thing to see. Okay. How about consoles? you make kind of consoles, aftermarket consoles for some of these cars? I make both a stock console as well as a full-length sports center console, yes, sir. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, and on dash pads, let's say uh, is, is, you know, a lot of the stuff is molded, you know, like from the factory, I think it was uh, Rubbermaid actually made a lot of the dash pads for, like, the Ford Mustangs and stuff. But uh, what if I want leather? I mean, can I get a leather dash pad made by you guys as well? I make a molded sport dash pad for the Mustangs, but I can do it in either vinyl or leather, yes. Okay. So, and it doesn't matter what year, whether it's 65, 66, 67, 68, or a 6970, which is, you know, like, really I, massive dash. Yes, sir. We do them all. Okay. Um, so TMI, now you do make the seats, right? So the seats are like, uh, like a factory seat or are they a little bit slightly modified, like a sports seat with a bolster and stuff like that? Uh, both ways. I, I do an OEM seat and an upholstery as well as I do make a sport upholstery and I make a full replacement seat, which would be a sport seat, which is going to have the bolstering. Okay. Do those seats recline or are they just standard, uh, you know, like a basic L shape? It would just be a standard frame, depending on which way you go. The Pro Series seat, which is my sport patterns, are all a custom-made frame that I make in Corona on top of the foam that I extrude and the upholstery that I sew and attach. But my standard cover and foam kit, you can attach to your stock frames, regardless if it's a sport with bolster or if it's just an OEM variant. Okay. So right now, so if I understand you correctly, for our listeners out there, basically you make Dash pads, carpeting, seats, seats upholstery, um, trunk pads. Did I leave anything out? No, sir. We do. Oh, door panels. The only thing we don't carry for most models right now is a kick panel, but we are working Mm -hmm. on trying to bring some new stuff to the market. So basically, your goal is to basically facilitate uh, our needs as car builders, restorers, uh, enthusiasts, you're trying to supply us with the complete, all the interior trim pieces that we need, all the soft, the software, or not when I say software, but all the soft goods, basically, for the for, for an automobile then, right? Would that be the first, first, first exactly. way to describe it, what you do? We're trying to give the gentlemen that are building these cars, the guys who want to restore their cars from high school, or the guys building the car for their sons. We want to give them the ability to put something that they create in their own head together, throw it into the car. That way they're looking at it, they're in love with it for years to come. Okay. While trying to now, I wanted to, comment, I wanted to comment a little bit on your, uh, your display here at uh, SEMA. You had two really cool cars there. You had this wild 19, looked like a 59 Chevy, and then you had a pretty crazy, I think it's a 63 Chevy, with a, with a soft slider top in it. So uh, can you uh, elaborate on those cars a little bit? Do you know anything about those? I do know a little bit. The 59 is a 59 two-door Impala, and then the other one you're looking at was a 64. Oh, 64, okay. We just announced the Apollo line. Its debut was today, the first opening day for SEMA, along with two other lines that we just came out with as well. 
Okay. Now, you, how, so in other words, so you're going to be making interior pieces there for 64 Impalas? Yes, sir. It's going to be full replacement front seat, uh, rear seat cover, and then we'll be doing door panels, quarter panels, and a headliner. Okay, so like a 62, 61, 62, 60, 63 and 4 are pretty similar. 61, 62, so would it be fair to say that you're going to do a 63, 64, that all that stuff interchanges? Or is it strictly 64? And we'll be doing a 59 and a 60 coming out first quarter of January 2020. 61, 62 will be coming out a little bit later down the road, as well as the headliners. We did okay. off headliner for the 64. It's not ready for production as of yet, so that will be coming out a little bit later down the road as well. So each year when you're here at SEMA and you have display cars in your booth there, do you try to get a car that's similar to, I mean, outside of the fact that you want a really, really stunning, outstanding car, and you do. I actually took pictures of them and put them on my Facebook page because they're pretty impressive. But you basically like to have cars in your booth that represent that they can they can uh, basically show an example of of the products that you uh, that you actually manufacture, correct? Yes, any of the cars that we bring, we base a lot of the SEMA builds off of what we're noticing is trending markets. For example, four years ago when the C10s first took off, that's what we pretty much that's all we brought. We brought a Blazer and we brought three or four trucks. So okay. here, OBSs are getting huge. Everyone's trying to restore those of 88 to 98 trucks. So we decided to release a full 88 to 94 interior. That's coming out January, and then 95 to 98 will be following shortly after. Same with a lot of the 68, 69 Chevelles. We've been getting a lot of calls that guys are looking for full sport interiors for those. So we did the research. We bought a 68 Chevelle. We got everything patterned, and we got it out today. And then that will be coming out in January as well. But a lot Excellent. of people are just noticing what the big trends are, what people are talking about the most, and then we try to find a car and make it as beautiful as possible. All right. So if people want to find out more about TMI, where do they go? Uh, either one. We do have Facebook. We have Instagram, as well as we do have our website. It's our company name, TMIproducts.com. Okay, good. And then you're one of the top sales managers, so if they want to get a hold of you personally, give them your name and your information. My name is Jacob Porter. I'll give you guys my direct extension number. It's phone number 951-272-1996, and my extension is 129. Also, if you wanted to reach out by email, if you had any questions regarding color or you're just curious on what we're carrying as far as a certain product for a certain car, you can always email me. It's going to be the first initial of my name, the letter J. Last name is P-O-R-T-E-R at TMIproducts.com. Super. Well, Jacob, it was a pleasure meeting you today. I hope you have uh, a great time the rest of the week here, and thank you very much for spending a few minutes and talking about TMI here on Nostalgic Radio on Cars. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good luck to you guys. Hey, Tommy, how are we doing there on time? We're doing real good. I have Bruce standing by. All right, cool. Uh, why don't you go ahead and, well, let's go ahead and go with Bruce, and then we'll do the commercial later. Um, Bruce is the uh, Odyssey, let's say, program specialist, I think would be uh, how he described himself. And Bruce is with a company called Odyssey Battery. So, Bruce, I want to welcome uh, Bruce Essex to the show. Bruce, how are you doing? Robert, uh, I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me on. Excellent. Well, you know what? SEMA is just one of those shows where you just, uh, you know, it's like uh, every year you come here and you, you're just totally amazed by the products. Uh, you're amazed by the people, and you actually build friendships, relationships, and over time you just become a big happy family here, don't we? There's no doubt about it. Um, SEMA's very special to us. We've been coming to the SEMA show for uh, over 20 years, and uh, it's nice to uh, be able to come to the show each year and and, you know, our booth grows. Uh, we're in a 50-by-50-foot 50 50 booth this year. And uh, over the 20 years, it's amazing. You know, you start out with that little 10-by-10, 10 10 and, and here we are with one of the biggest booths in SEMA. Now, you guys are uh, – uh, um, it's, it's Odyssey Battery, but are you a subsidiary of a, of a major global company? Uh, that's correct. So our parent company is Enersys. And Enersys is a global company, 
Uh, we, in fact, we are the largest industrial commercial battery manufacturer in the world, and we have uh, over 34 factories scattered uh, throughout the globe, and we're the largest electric forklift truck battery manufacturer. We are a significant supplier into the cell phone telecommunications industry. We supply batteries for power backup for uh, computers and uh, data centers, you know, and all the way into the military. We supply three branches of uh, the U.S. military, being the Army, the Air Force, and the Navy. And then the Odyssey program is a specialty program to meet the needs of various segments in the world of vehicles where the traditional battery just falls a little short. So tell us a little bit about Odyssey Battery and how it relates to us car hobbyist guys. Well, you know, what's interesting about the traditional battery that we've all been using for, you know, decades is that it's a single-purpose battery. It's designed to either be a starting battery, but it's really not a deep-cycle battery like you would need for a trolling motor on a bass boat. So... Uh, we we kind of refer to the traditional battery as a lead alloy battery made with recycled lead. They add a secondary material to stiffen up the grid so they can use a low-cost manufacturing process. But that means that the battery is either a starting battery or a deep cycle battery, and in essence, it can't do both. So if you have a need for a battery that needs to deep cycle as well as start a vehicle like a Class 8 over-the-road sleeper truck, the traditional battery really does fall short. So we recognized 20-some years ago that there were many different market opportunities within the vehicle industry where our battery that, number one, offers incredibly long service life of 12 years compared to the typical car battery that might last three to five. And it's also a battery that has no problem being in long-term storage so, you know, like here at the SEMA show where you've got all these just incredible collector cars that are not driven routinely, uh, you can park the car, you could pull the negative cable just to make sure there's no electrical loads on the battery, and you could park that car at room temperature for as much as 24 months, put the cable back on, and the car will start. Now, we would like you to, start to charge up the battery to bring it back up to full charge, but there's been no detrimental issue to that long 24 months of non-use and storage. A traditional battery, of course, you couldn't even consider doing that. So the battery is very unique in that it operates in a sealed format. It's it's called an AGM, absorbed glass mat battery. So it is sealed in its operation. All the gassing during charge recycles uh, inside the battery. So it's an explosion-resistant battery. It's a safe battery as far as no gassing no external corrosion of acid on those terminals. Terminals stay spotlessly clean. In fact, many of the Odyssey batteries have solid brass terminals, which, of course, you can't subject acid to, um, and there's no issue of that because of our battery being sealed. So, you know, the combination of extremely long life, dual purpose, charging and discharging, and a technology that can serve every aspect of the vehicle market, whether it's a specialty-type battery at SEMA uh, in in a car or whether it's in a motorhome or an over-the-road truck or a race car, whatever it may be, uh, as well as power sport vehicles. You know, the very popular uh, Razor market with the side-by-side utilities, uh, Odyssey has batteries for that. So Harley-Davidson motorcycles, BMW motorcycles, personal watercraft, the marine market, um, you know, Odyssey really has a battery for all of these markets, and it's a true step up in longevity and very safe operation. You were talking, um, we were talking earlier about the compositions of batteries, and you were telling me about the type of lead that you use in your batteries? Right. So we build Odyssey using pure virgin lead that has a minimum purity of 99.99%. And the reason that we focus on that is... Pure lead, when it has a purity level greater than 99.99%, sulfuric acid does not corrode the lead. So that's what gives the battery this incredibly long life. 
And then we can take advantage of that and make the battery plates very, very thin, much thinner than the traditional battery, which means we can have more plates per cell. And then as a result, the battery can have as much as 60% more cranking power in the same size box as a traditional battery. So again, in some of these, you know, specially built cars, where all of a sudden, uh, because they've shrunk things down, they don't have as much battery space as they might have had before. They're looking for a smaller battery, but they still need the same amount of power. And that's one of the features that Odyssey offers is the ability to go to a physically smaller battery and yet maintain the same amount of power for starting, as well as even potentially reserve, because the battery um, has a higher utilization of stored energy. And again, that all comes back to building batteries out of pure virgin lead and having the advantage of building a true dual-purpose battery so that you get the full utilization of all that chemically stored energy. How about your battery case design? I mean, the plastics and stuff like that. Does, does, does that vary from manufacturer to manufacturer? Does that have any effect on the longevity of a battery? Yeah, it, it certainly does. So traditionally... Uh, the typical car battery that we all buy for our everyday cars, uh, the, the plastic is referred to um, as a polypropylene material, and it's good plastic, um, very resistant to you know various uh, uh, exposures to chemical and road salt and all that. Doesn't bother it, but it's a relatively soft plastic. One of the features of AGM technology is that you can design the battery as a bit of a high-pressure vessel, and when I say high-pressure, we're talking maybe 6 to 7 PSI versus a battery that's openly vented, which has just normal atmospheric pressure inside and outside. So by sealing the battery up, we now can pressurize the battery during the charge cycle, during normal operation, and if we balance the positive and negative plates in such a fashion that as the battery generates hydrogen and oxygen gas, which all that acid batteries do. And, you know, when we put the wet flooded battery on charge and as it charges up, we see those bubbles in the electrolyte. That's the hydrogen and oxygen gas. But we can actually recycle or recombine that gas inside the battery and therefore keep all of the contents of operation inside the battery. So to make that truly efficient, then we have two programs within Odyssey. We have the extreme Odyssey program, and then we have the performance program. Now, the extreme battery program is really designed based very much on our military experience. So we sort of call it military-inspired. And what that means is we're going to put a lot of the design features into the Odyssey extreme model like we do in our military batteries so that the owner can take advantage of the performance features that it offers. So extreme batteries have tin-plated brass terminals where traditionally they're just lead. Well, when you make the terminal out of brass, the battery cables, the clamp does not get loose over time. There is no corrosion, so it's a permanent-type connection. And so the combination of keeping the battery, its internal uh, chemical activity sealed, it stays inside, therefore there's no external corrosion. So now we can actually move the battery out of the engine compartment and put it inside the passenger compartment if that's beneficial. Sometimes for a nice, uh, maybe 1937 Chevy street ride where, uh, geez, I just don't have any place to put the battery, well, how about right behind the old glove box door? And we have a battery called a PC680, and it slides right in like a pancake battery right behind that uh, old glove box door, and then that becomes our engine start battery. And it only weighs 16 pounds, and yet it'll start at 350 uh, cubic inch motor without any issue. So you have just great flexibility that you would never have with the traditional battery that we're accustomed to. Heat is a, is a huge problem. Now, I'm in Florida, and uh, so, you know, the, the lifespan of a battery in Florida is, is two years. So if you talk about the composition of your battery, you know, talk about the plastics and the way your, your plates are put together and the thinness of it and how close they are to get the maximum cranking power out of them, how are your batteries? Uh, you know, and I know you, you, you obviously, because for military applications, heat, you probably deal with that as well. So, so all that stuff is built in. Tell us a little bit about how heat can affect the battery and how it doesn't affect yours. Right. So 
Our, our original experience uh, with heat was for the Abrams M1 battle tank when um, the U.S. Army, of course, was over in the Middle East. And, you know, we've got these Abram tanks running around in the desert at just ridiculous temperatures. And that's the big problem that they had with their wet flooded battery was the fact that the electrolyte, that liquid that's in the battery, would just evaporate in a very short period of time because, again, the battery is openly vented to the atmosphere. And so that extreme heat was, you know, in, in simple terms, boiling the acid right out of the battery. And therefore, battery life was very short. I mean, really just a matter of months. So you bring that here to the United States, and we've got plenty of hot climates. You know, you go to Nevada or Arizona or New Mexico during the summer, and boy, you can have temperatures, air temperatures that are in the, you know, 112, 115 range. And so you put that then under the hood of the car with the air conditioning going, and you can have underhood temperatures well north of 230, 240 degrees Fahrenheit. So, again, the wet-flooded battery, the electrolyte just evaporates out, and so batteries have very short service life, and it is because of electrolyte dry out. Now, with an Odyssey battery being sealed, that electrolyte stays inside the battery. The battery case is designed to maintain the ability to contain that 5, 6, 7 PSI of operating pressure and so we just don't have dry out, and therefore uh, there is a little bit of accelerated grid corrosion due to the high temperature, but that's a very minor effect on the battery. It may take a few years of life out of the battery, but, you know, if you've got a 12-year battery that you start with versus a battery that's only maybe three or four or five years, and then you start derating the battery because of the high temperature, that's why you can see that the wet battery in high temperatures struggles to give you two, two and a half years of life where our battery, the Odyssey product, in those high temperature applications will easily give you three times the life. So we always use that as a guide that, you know, whatever service life you're getting in a high temperature application will give you three times that. Okay, so if I understand you correctly, that dry out process on these uh, wet batteries, that's what causes the corrosion, which is basically expansion of the plates, and then the plates touch each other, and then they short out. Is, is, is my understanding correct there? And then the batteries go bad? That's, that's one of the failure mechanisms. The positive plate, um, as it charges and discharges, it does physically grow because as the lead deteriorates and it turns from a metallic lead to more of a powdery-type uh, material, um, it does take up more space, so that they refer to that as growth. And as it grows, uh, yes, it can put a lot of pressure on the insulator, the separator that's between the positive and negative plates, and eventually, you know, sort of reach around the corner, and next thing you know, the positive and negative plates are touching. That's a soft short, and the battery just very quickly discharges, which is why, you know, you start your car up at home, you go down to the store, you come out 25 minutes later, you get in your car and you turn your key, and there's no battery power whatsoever, and you're like, how did the battery go from, you know, being operational to completely discharged in just a matter of 20 or 25 minutes? But that's, that's the impact that you can have when the plate's short. So, again, a pure lead battery, yes, the plates are very thin, but they're also under very high compression. The plate assembly is actually about 25 to 28 percent larger than the battery container. So when we are building the battery, we put the assembled stack of plates for each two-volt cell into an encapsulation fixture, and we compress the plates down against the compressible AGM separator pads so that the battery dimensionally now fits the plate, and then we push the plates down into the container, and then again, that special plastic of poly, uh, uh, polycarbon and polyester blend uh, maintains that compression, and therefore the plates can't jiggle. So the battery has tremendous vibration resistance and has the ability to keep the plates properly aligned so that we can maintain good long life, even in high-temperature applications. Super. Now, tell us real quick about your, your, your warranty, your price point, and, then the, uh, and if people want to find out more about Odyssey and how they get their batteries. Okay. Well, so, so the Odyssey battery, again, as I referred to earlier, has two programs, Odyssey Extreme, so that's the military-inspired battery. 
that has a four-year full warranty against uh, uh, defects material workmanship for, for full replacement. Then the performance program, which has the same chemistry and the same 12-year design life and the same 400 cycle to an 80% depth of discharge like in a marine application. But again, it's designed using the more traditional polypropylene plastic, uh, lead terminals, not quite as much compression. Um, so as a result, it doesn't have quite the same uh, cold cranking amp rating. So if you take a group 34 performance versus an extreme group 34, you're going to find the extreme has more cold cranking amps. Um, so as a result, since the performance is kind of a toned down extreme, uh, it has a three-year full replacement. And the Odyssey battery, as far as availability, um, we have over 850 distributors, dealers across the United States. They can all be located on the Odyssey website, which is odysseybattery.com. Make sure that's singular battery. And uh, right on the website, it has a dealer locator feature. So you can put in your zip code, and then it will give you the list of all the nearest dealers. The other uh, option, uh, which can sometimes be even easier, is you can walk into your local AutoZone store, and you can order any of the Odyssey models uh, directly from the AutoZone store, and then they will have the battery shipped directly into the store, and then you can pick it up there at your local store. So it is very readily available. Super, super. And uh, one more time, the website is what now? So it's odysseybattery.com. Super. Well, Bruce, I want to thank you very much. That was kind of uh, an education on batteries. I uh, truly appreciate it. It was a pleasure meeting you. And uh, I hope you uh, have a blast uh, uh, the rest of the week here at SEMA. Okay. Well, Robert, thanks so much for uh, having me on and uh, having an opportunity to talk a little bit about uh, what Odyssey is all about. Super. Thank you very much. Look forward to seeing you later this week. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Well, 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 we just got an education on batteries. That was pretty cool. So I want to thank my friends over there at uh, Odyssey Battery. Um, Tommy, how are we doing there on time? You have about uh, 11 and a half minutes till the top of the hour. All right. Did you uh, get a hold of uh, our last guest for the evening? I can, if that's what you want to do. I would love you to get a hold of our next guest. In the meantime, why don't you uh, throw a commercial in there real quick? Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, you're doing it to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back live from SEMA 2019 in Las Vegas, Nevada. Gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn. So get those stakes up higher. Come enjoy the best brews in Tampa Bay at Dunedin Brewery. Known as Florida's oldest microbrewery, they are always working to create a unique variety of craft beers for every taste. In addition, Dunedin Brewery features a full menu, including everything from their famous wings, burgers, salads, flatbreads, and more. Don't forget about their live music, including the Wednesday Night Players Jam. That's Dunedin Brewery, 937 Douglas Avenue in downtown Dunedin. Visit them online at dunedinbrewery.com. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. Uh, this gentleman uh, represents uh, Dakota Digital Gauges. I'm sure you guys have seen the pretty cool stuff that they've got uh, in some of these uh, really super uh, modified cars, pro streets, pro touring, even custom cars, even your street cars. A lot of people go to Digital Gauges nowadays. Well, my next guest, Greg Carpy, is uh, basically one of the top sales guys with that company. He's going to tell us a little bit about uh, what Dakota Digital's got going on. Greg, are you there? I am there. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. I'm You're here. Indeed. You're here at SEMA. Well, we're running down the clock here a little bit, so we got nine minutes. So let's tell everybody about Dakota Digital. Now, most of my guys are Ford guys and Camaro guys. 
So I know you make a lot of really cool stuff for them, as well as I got a lot of street ride guys. So tell us about some of your uh, the latest and greatest products you got out there. Well, sure. We've uh, been in the aftermarket instrumentation game since 1986, and we started with full digital, as the name would imply. And in 2010, we took the leap to go to analog gauges, so gauges with needles on them, a little more traditional of a look. And we've just been expanding on that for years, and now we've got three different platforms, if you will, of analog instrumentation, a lot of Camaros, Mustangs, GTOs, the Buick Grand Sports, et cetera. So sort of something for every price range, I guess you could say. We've got sort of entry level, and they go all the way up to um, the top of the line, stock-looking stuff, change the lighting colors, uh, full-color message center displays for the clock, odometer, trip, and all sorts of extra readings, loose transcends, sort of whatever you want. So been making them in the U.S. since 86. So we've got lifetime warranty on them. Really proud of what we've accomplished here. Proud to be part of the industry. And I mean, we're working with car guys. What, what could be better than that? <laughs> no, yes, that's true. Hey, you guys won an award today. Tell us about the awards you guys won. We did win an award, and it was for, you know, not a Mustang system, but it was a direct fit instrument system for a 32 Ford. So it's our new product line called the RTX, which is RetroTech series. And the whole focus of that line is, Let's make it look as close to stock as we can. So this 32 kit has a billet aluminum bezel, chrome plated with engine turn detail inside, looks just like a stock one, and then all modern instrumentation inside, LED backlighting, full color TFT message center, all the bells and whistles you'd want from a modern system, but it's a drop into your 32, and at a glance, if it's not turned on, it looks bone stock. Now, I know you do stuff for Ford trucks, for uh, the Tri-5 Chevrolets. Can you custom build something if, uh, let's say, I got a 57 Thunderbird and I want something a little bit different? Can you do something for that car? We sure can. Yeah, we've got, I think the full final tally is around 140 direct fit applications for specific vehicles. But if you've got, you know, something odd that we don't carry, you can ship the original cluster to us and we'll pull it apart and we'll build and kind of arrange our guts, if you will, into that housing. So we'll make you a one-off direct fit kit into, you know, anything we've got physical space to do. Okay. Now, how does it basically work? Like, for example, you had a really, really cool display there. And the one that actually caught my eye, even though I'm a Ford guy, is I love second-gen Camaros. So you had like a 70, 71, 72, 73-style uh, gauge pack there, packing gauge, beautifully done, lights up, uh, analog-style so uh, is that basically like a plug-and-play, or what, what kind of little extra goodies do I need? And let's assume I'm just the average guy with very little car experience. Can I, can I install this on my Camaro? If you've got some patience, yeah. So the, our, like I said earlier, our main bread and butter is a direct fit package. So we bought a couple of original clusters, have original dash, and we reverse engineer. We basically draw all these, those points in CAD, and then we design our stuff so it's just a bolt-in. And... That takes a huge amount of trouble for during out of the, out of the install equation. So it's just going to be a bolt-in, use the factory fasteners. As far as wiring, we use a central control box. So instead of spaghetti all up to the back of the gauges and just a big wiring nightmare, we have one nice control box, terminal strips. Here's the oil pressure wires. Here's the water temp. Here's the tack signal. So we're trying to simplify it as much as we can. The oil pressure, the water temp, speed senders are all supplied. So all the hard parts that have to change are part of the package. So if you've got a wiring diagram from for your vehicle that you can identify left turn, right turn, high beam wires, et cetera, and route them to our control box, you're, you've got it in the bag. You're, you're all set. Okay, good. And it's not really like, you know, traditional cars like back in those days, you know, those printed circuit boards and everything like that. So your system is totally self-contained. And they're individual, individual little gauges. So if I have a, let's say one of my little gauges, let's say I have a tack, a oil pressure gauge, a water temp gauge, a speedometer, and let's say my oil pressure gauge goes bad, can, is that basically just simply remove it, send it back to you, you send me a replacement, I plug it back in, or I have to take the whole cluster out and send it to you? It depends. Depends on how it's made. So back to that 70 Camaro example, when you're sitting in the car, it's six separate round gauges. But when you get the cluster, it's one big assembly. It's a big machine piece that we've designed, machined in house. So if, say, the oil pressure gauge did die, you would pull that entire cluster and just ship it back to us. But as I said earlier, lifetime warranty, 
real easy to deal with. And yeah, we'll get you squared away. Okay. So besides the digital gauges, what else does uh, Dakota Digital build? I mean, what all do you do? I mean, do you branch out from there or is it you, you limit yourself strictly to gauges? By and large, it's the instrument systems, it's the gauges, and then accessories for them. So we've got a little line of controllers. So if you don't, say, if say you don't have my gauges and you put a taller tire on your 98 Chevy pickup, and now the speedometer is wrong, I've got a little interface that you can wire in line with that speed signal and adjust that reading up or down until it's accurate. Do the same with the tachometer. Do the same with the diesel engine. I've got a fan controller. So if you've got electric cooling fans, I can run those with my controller and trigger your relays. That thing can plug into your gauge system if you've got my package, so they all work together. Um, uh, interfaces for stocks like OEM and aftermarket EFI systems. So you've got a Holley Dominator system on your small block Chevy. I've got a module that will plug into that. Um, cruise controls, electric um, door locks, a lot of electronic gadgets, some LED taillights, but by and large, it's the, the gauges that, that get us going. Wow, sounds cool. All right, so if people want to find out more of, uh, about the Dakota Digital, how do they go about doing it? Well, we've got a real nice, complete website. It's dakotadigital.com, and then we're on Facebook, Dakota Digital, and then also on Instagram, Dakota underscore digital. So you can check out all the products anytime on the website, see what we're doing at the shows and what have you on the social media, uh, or just give us a call. You know, we've got just got a pallet of our new catalogs in. We've got sales and tech guys on staff uh, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, to give you a hand if you got a question. Sounds good. Well, Dakota, I figured South Dakota. Okay, <laughs> North Dakota. That's super. <laughs> we didn't stretch. Well, anyway, Greg, I want to thank you very much for taking a few minutes hanging out. We'll see you here at uh, Nostalgic Radio and Cars live at SEMA. So uh, I'll probably see you around. Hope you have uh, a great time the rest of the week. And uh, thank you again for coming on our show. Thanks very much for having me. It's fun. Okay, super. Thank you. Tommy, are we almost down to the wire? We're into the music. Okay, well, hey, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars live here, the SEMA edition. Don't forget, this weekend, this weekend in Old Park, Cigar City Concourse, okay? Cigar City. Yours truly will be there Saturday and Sunday. I am one of the judges, and yes, you know what? Guess what? You know me, I'm a junkyard guy, so I am one of the judges for the Survivor class. So I want you guys to stop by there, see us. Hang out with us for a while. And if you're in a Volkswagen, don't forget, Bug Jam is this weekend, too. In the meantime, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio Cars. See some of the car shows. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook. Look at my Facebook. I got a ton of stuff on it. Really cool stuff. Nostalgic Radio Cars, Nostalgic Motorsports. Stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family, guys. See you when I get back. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.